Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Welcome to number seven in our You Are Intuitive series. Uh, Today's podcast is called Three Tips to Troubleshoot Your Intuition. And I'd like to just say from the very beginning that some of the things we'll talk about today are just innately uncomfortable. Um, The reason intuition doesn't flow, the reason it's, um, the reason we don't always know what's going on with us spiritually is because we lack the knowledge and because there are things we don't understand and because there are things we don't believe in. And so all of those things can make our intuition as simple as it is, it makes it mind-bendingly complex. Okay. So at the end of the podcast, you may not feel warm and fuzzy, but hopefully with these three tips, you'll sort of have an idea of what you're dealing with and you'll have some solutions. I'm going to go over the three biggest um, obstacles, the three biggest things that we need to confront to, to be able to troubleshoot intuition. And then I'll end with three of the most powerful tips to get you moving in the right direction. Um, so let's jump in. Okay. The biggest feedback that I get from my, my, my new students, but I've had students that have worked with me for a long time say this to me because intuition is so complex in that it touches every part of our life in that we've talked about these things before where we might file it under completely wrong, um, tabs in the memory or in our comprehension. And so one of the reoccurring things I hear people say to me is, I didn't know I should have asked that, or I didn't know there was even a question there. Um, It's kind of like you're on a destination and you don't know that. You're just kind of on the road and you really have no idea where you're going. You don't know what it looks like when you get there. Um, But, and so you don't know which, you know, is it right or left? You don't even know, is it forward? what's the point? You know, why am I putting in all this effort? Where am I going? What's this supposed to look and feel like when I'm there? And so intuition, it's like, I know when people are there, because I, ah, just these little miracles when I start when I'm in session with a student, and I see them as their guide, the specific question that is the next step. This is how you know, you're interacting, you're controlling and you're using your intuition consciously. Um, so let me just give you a little signpost. The destination where you're going is that you, you talk to that birth guide in the moment. (laughs) I don't care if you're walking down the streets of New York city, or if you're out in the country, you are tuning into your clairs. You're aware when you're using them, you're aware when you're being guided, you know, what question to ask, you know, who to ask, and you know how to receive the answer from that. And, um, that's your destination. It is a, a flow. It is a, um, much like I'd, I'd compare it to when we're little children and we're learning to talk, you know, there, there is a destination where you can form sentences. Now what you do with a sentence is wide open, right? The experience of intuition is wide open. Uh, when we use it for life, we use it for death and we use it for everything in between, but you're learning to form sentences with your intuition so that it fills out big pictures of understanding comprehension and purpose, quite frankly. So 
the things I, I do feel like that will provoke question. This, this podcast today will provoke questions in you. And if you get just that out of today's podcast, that is, I'll consider that a success because you're, you're learning what types of questions, um, to even ask yourself and then your guide and God to be able to interact with a living, breathing, intuitive system that is your Claire's. Okay. So let's start with the first reason, the first thing that comes up for everybody, me <laughs> included, is the lack of knowledge, uh, the the lack of belief, the lack of awareness. Um, I've shared that story with you when I, I finally met my mentor and I came in for my first session. And, uh, you know, I had said that prayer, like that threat to God, take it away or help me get help with this. I had spent decade, a decade for sure, trying to get help by the time I met her, but finally meeting her, she, the first thing she said to me, she looked me in the eye and said, you can do this too. And I literally said, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're doing it. I I couldn't even comprehend the moment. (laughs) So you just really want to normalize and humanize, you know, one of the things to troubleshoot is just simply that you just don't quite know yet, perhaps. And that is so normal, unless you are really raised with a very talented, very conscious, very, uh, there's a lot of great psychics, there's a lot of great mediums, and they don't necessarily know the how they're doing it. And so to be able to teach that even to their own children, I've seen them totally miss the mark, you know, to no fault of their own. It, it just may have not been their calling, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you can teach. Um, so we, of course, to troubleshoot that, you know, what can you do? Uh, I'm sure m- many of you have starting with just a really wonderful book on the subject. Um, I'm writing my book as we speak uh, to be able to provide that really foundational let's all get on the same page yet let's use the correct terms uh, so that we can at least ground what the hell we're talking about into um, some sort of terminology we can all agree on (laughs) so yeah if you don't have the knowledge for intuition uh, I would go heavy foundationally on anything that explains to you what your clairs are I really don't think you can get enough of that because I, I think every author even says it a different way um when I was first and I don't care how talented you were born intuitively um it's so good for even the most advanced intuitives uh, to start at the beginning um, I went back to like Sonia Choquette's, um, was her book Psychic Recovery? Was that what that was called? I'm sorry, I don't remember what hers was called, but Sonia Choquette stuff. And as far as I understand, Sonia Choquette is not a medium, which actually makes her psychic work. And she has like at least 12 books on the subject. Very helpful because there's a purity to it. There's, it's mainly about your psychic senses where my book would have an additional, and if you're a medium, this is what that looks like, right? So mine, my work is an additional piece to it because this work is through the lens of a medium. So it's hard for me to um, separate the psychic part versus the medium part. And let me just, I, I can feel like some of you are like, well, what's the difference? Let me just clarify, you know, the psychic part of all of us is our clairs. That's our psychic senses. 
And though I believe everybody has the ability, um, some of us were just naturally high mediums, just like some kids are born naturally to play the piano. Some kids intuitively naturally know how to cook food. They know what flavors go together. I am not one of those children. (laughs) So there's just some of us that the medium part, speaking to the dead, seeing the dead, that was all really heavily wired into us because of the duration of our soul. Because we've at whatever point, uh, we either didn't lose it or we've overdeveloped it to help humanity, or I could really do a whole podcast on that. But so the psychics are the clairs, the people that can predict future stuff, can probably read the past, can remote view, you know, but they can't necessarily bring in a message from the dead. Um, they don't necessarily consciously talk to ghosts and what have you. And I just always want to say this, there's no competition, like whatever, if you're just a psychic or... <laughs> I guess I've had to do some research and I do see there are some people as mediums that not not heavy on the psychic stuff. What does that mean? Well, in my research, there are people that can talk to the spirit guide and to your loved ones on the other side, but they really have no idea, though I think they could be trained, how to predict the future or um, sort of read people, you know, with their clairs. So they're they're naturally reading spirits versus reading their environment. So not to go down a rabbit hole, but I just wanted to provide that clarity right up front. So number one is lack of knowledge. A lot of us have to work on belief systems, even around the possibility of intuition, because this culture makes it, puts it in the supernatural category. And I just it's a natural it's just as natural as breathing it's as natural as thinking or feeling there is nothing super about it but people that feel protective of the work I mean fine super it's it is super it's pretty damn incredible actually but it's not it's not anything out of the normal it's ridiculously normal because again everybody has this okay okay so number two the well number two is resistance So I don't care who you are. I, myself, every single person I've ever trained, um, every time I've even had a new client, you know, I can feel the resistance from them um, at the beginning of it all, right? We don't know what to expect. We don't know where we're going. Um, We have very few people we respect and trust and love that are like looking us in the eye and telling us the truth about this um, gift or skill or part of us, however you want to say that. Um, So I, you know, I was crippled by my resistance towards intuition. Um, Being raised a Catholic, there was some like... um, deprogramming on my part and like it's only Christ that can do certain things and um not really bringing that into any sort of reality that I was experiencing as a child so just a lot of resistance to spirituality in general um as I grew older lots of pushing away and shutting down and didn't want to hear about it, didn't want to talk about it. I have a lot of uh, parents that reach out to me because their teenagers are sort of at that point with intuition. Um, and they beg me to you know, talk to the kid to just open up a dialogue again, to ground it in some sort of language that teenagers can speak. 
Um, so it's a complex thing, right? Cause these kids have been probably told a certain story their whole life. And then the parents asking me to come in and language it appropriately. And the kid doesn't know me. I mean, you know, so it, it takes a relationship. It takes trust. It takes time, uh, before I can say it in the right way to, to open them back up to the possibilities within themselves around intuition, around their own spiritual being, and what that means for them um, in reality, but also personally. So resistance, I probably could do a whole podcast on that alone, but I just really wanted to make it number two, because it is just the thing that gets in all of our way. Um, I don't necessarily think it's 100% bad, right? I appreciate people that have some boundaries around spiritual things because they're being cautious. And I love people that have some caution around spirituality, um, some boundaries. They don't just think everything is cool. And that, you know, we'll talk about more of that in the second part of this podcast, but resistance isn't always just an awful thing. It's just that it can be the thing that gets in the way of you. Just surrendering enough, trusting enough to be able to experience your intuition. Okay. And to troubleshoot resistance, I would just say to consider the possibilities, like to play the what if game, like, well, what if I could talk to my birth guide today? What if I could talk to my birth guide? What would they say? You know, just sort of playing with possibility in a really safe, personal way. You know, there's nobody's watching you. You have nothing to prove. Um, this is a personal journey and you don't owe anyone an explanation and sort of maybe contexting why you're learning about your intuition, why it's important to you and just having that conversation with yourself and to just remind you, you don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't have to prove anything. I, I see this in young psychics. I certainly felt this myself where you're like, you're waking up to this stuff, you're learning about it and you want to talk to everybody about it. And so many people just absolutely shit on, um, the discoveries I made, the, you know, the roadmap I did of all the things that I predicted that came true or the people that I read that I didn't know. And I was really excited to share that. And what you find is a lot of people really dismiss that or they feel competitive or, um, it just brings up different things in different people. So, um, I too felt that responsibility, but I just want to really remind you that you don't owe anyone proof of intuition, how intuitive you are. You don't know, owe anybody anything, um, in terms of what this really means for you. So just kind of remind yourself of that. If resistance kind of comes up and you find yourself bracing or, kind of rolling your eyes or even being really hard on yourself. I've seen that certainly many times too. So resistance, you know, to be confronted head on and to just kind of play with certain things just with yourself. Um, that can really help sort of reduce the resistance that definitely comes up for us at different times. So that's, that's something that also can't really be predicted. And that's the nature of resistance too. It will come up when it comes up. But having a playful sort of high standard around it should be able to neutralize it enough where you might get to experience something lovely through your intuition, through your clairs. Okay, and the third and final uh, big thing that I see come up 
that we just have to talk about. We just have to be mature. This can be an uncomfortable conversation. Um, but you know, this is a multidimensional universe and, um, I think our culture's like, okay, there are ghosts and okay, maybe our loved ones are around us. And that's pretty far as far as our culture really wants to go. Um, the third thing is that there could be some interference. So let me just illustrate this. Let's say when I'm trying to understand my intuition back in the day, um, and I'm trying to talk to my guide, my interference would be a line of the dead out my bedroom door. So I just cannot hear her because they were all talking over her and interfering with my own personal trying to wake up. <laughs> so they use that moment to talk to me, talk at me. Uh, so I could not hear my guide. Um, I had to, this is just my, what I personally chose to do at the time. I chose to, um, you know, talk to about five spirits and then tell everybody I was done and everybody needed to leave the room. And then I would, um, work on myself. I would talk to my guide. And, um, so I tended to acknowledge the dead first so that they could not interfere with my connection to my birth guide. Now today, I, I don't even have to deal with that because I don't, I do not deal with the dead in my house. That's my safe space. So I've learned other things to do, but I, when you don't necessarily really know you're a medium, um, you could go to sit down to talk to your guide, to, to try to witness what you hear and see. And it could, the room could be filled with, again, ghost, re, ghost level stuff or higher level stuff, you know, our loved ones on the other side. And sometimes people sit down and the interference is that they have a to-do list that comes in or the grocery shopping list. And these are all interferences. Um, I want to encourage you. They are just par for the course. When you, at the beginning, when you are still finding boundaries and you're still finding intention and you're still trying to figure out what these moments of control can even look like. Um, so, in the next part, we'll talk about, we'll really rely heavily on talking about this number three, it could be interference. And I have three powerful tools for you to start addressing the spiritual influences that interfere with our clarity with who we are. And I do have a bonus for you today as well. So let's jump into the first, um, these are again, these are the things, three things that you can do to address interference, um, get clear, get control, um, things you can do to release and remove things so that you have beautiful boundaries. Um, okay. So let's go with number one. Number one, <laughs> I promise the other two is not like this, but I have to just say number one is meditation. So again, the meditation is the intention of you are purifying your chakras, which is those energetic systems. Um, I know most of you know, right? Your root chakra, your sacral chakra, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, your third eye, and the crown chakra and a intentional meditation that's guided is so lovely because it act, activates the brain as well to focus on pure if you if you can get in the habit of purifying yourself you can imagine right if you purify the body you purify your chakras you purify your aura you just even that habit alone 
changed my life because things can come into your aura. And I was a very scared person at the beginning when I was waking up. So my, I had like a, um, and then I had absolutely like no boundaries with people. I only found boundaries through becoming a mother and, uh, so still not very much boundary for myself when I was waking up to this in 2007. Um, so my aura was like, it was very small, very tight against my skin and then probably lots of holes in it. (laughs) So what does that mean? It just means that people can easily energetically cord you. If there's a ghost around, it can like stand face to face with you because you're not pushing it out and away with your aura. Your, your aura is your spiritual space. So to, to know that you can purify and push out your aura for that, um, claiming your space in the world, that took me a long time to even know I had the right to do that. So troubleshooting of interacting with your intuition, meditate, purify yourself, your aura, it'll just change everything, right? And and this would be a practice I would encourage daily, if not twice a day, especially if you're out, especially if you live in big cities, especially if you're going through any sort of traumatic thing with family or friends, um, that claiming of time to purify yourself and your aura is one of the most loving things you can do for yourself. Okay. The second, the second tool in your toolbox is to then purify your space. And yes, it's very cliche. Um, saging is a good place to start. Um, now if I don't know if you watch the dead files with Amy Allen, so we really want to have very pure intentions when saging, um, unless you're skilled at it, because I've, I've seen her say that, that people have tried to like do a boundary and then they didn't do it right. <laughs> so I do not want to make this more complex, but it, it is just something that I, even with a really bad attitude, integrated the saging. And it's just something I still do weekly or monthly, um, depending on the heaviness of energy inside of my home. Um, Sometimes if I'm, I'm, I've meditated, I'm still kind of grouchy. I will spray, there are like sprays, the Palo Santo sprays, the rose water sprays, the sage sprays. And that, that does tend to, it's a physical activity that can help just, um, take the spiritual, maybe garbage one more step to just really knock it off of you you know, really get you purified up. Um, and the rose water is the love vibration, which I think is also really important to integrate, um, into our lives. So saging your space, saging your home. One of my favorite memories, and I was just sharing this with a group of my friends the other day. Um, so I've got a buddy who is a shaman. She's trained shamanically and she's this like six foot tall New Yorker. And twice, um, I had a really haunted house, um, up North, I call it. And this freaking house was so haunted. I, first of all, I just could not wait to get the hell out of it. I was raising my children there, which was just extra, extra, extra stressful. But it was one of those houses where kind of no matter what I did, um, I'd tuck my daughter in on the second floor, I'd come downstairs, and then I'd hear running in the hallways. And I'd check on her. And she, of course, was just like sleeping and nothing going on. And 
it was just maddening. So I had somebody much more talented and much more um, educated than I on what the hell was going on. And they said that that particular house had a vortex, like a portal, and it was just the whole area had issues. Let's put it that way. So I had to call my buddy, you know, I just had to beg her, <laughs> please, you know, come and do your thing, you know, do a, a purification, do a cleansing, because whatever I'm doing is just not keeping up with this particular house. And, you know, here she comes with her big drum. And then she has another friend of ours, um, you know, blowing the sage, and then I'm in the back rattling. <laughs> It's just one of my happy, happy moments. I think about that. I've had her do that twice for me in different new houses. And it, it is just a real way to claim the space if you haven't um, to to bless it. You know, she did a blessing and the whole vibration of the house changed after she did it. Now, the real moral of the story is if you can hire somebody that knows what the hell they're doing, I would start with that. But minimally, um, saging is just good stuff, right? It's like you're, you're also taking something physical and you're, you're intending that this space that you, that houses you is purified and that intention and that activity of that is just a really, really good way to, for, you know, bottom line, like good self-care, you know, other bottom line is that your family just knows that you're taking steps to purify the space, to protect them, to, from a spiritual standpoint, um, at a minimum, it can knock up the like heavy energy if the house has been lived in before. And I'm in the habit now because my friend, uh, my shaman friend has taught me to, check the land uh, before I buy houses now too. Um, so making sure I just don't ever again buy in a cursed area or something that has that negative stuff going down. So maybe knowing the history of where you live and where you're going to buy for sure. And I, I know a lot of the trauma I went through as a child is because of the location. Um, I think a lot of bad things happened in that area. There was some flooding that went on in that area. Um, there was like satanic ritual, like in the backwoods of my grandma's acres, like she had many acres and it went backed up to this place. And in the eighties there was that. And then there was like a murder back there in the fifties or so there was just that whole area, I would say needed some loving. <laughs> it would need some people of today that are spiritually talented to bless the land, to heal the land, to see if, if that area could be changed. Otherwise I doubt it will ever change. But, um, so not saying this to scare you, it's just, you know, this is a tool for you to, um, number one, purify yourself through meditation. Number two, purify your space through at a minimum saging. And I, again, I would encourage you to talk to an expert. I would encourage you to get help even maybe the first couple of times and maybe even get some training by somebody you actually respect. Um, i.e. when you're in their presence, you know that these people are protected. You know these people know what they're talking about and that their information just comes through the lens of love. Um, I've seen some people in that profession that come through the lens of ego and I just, it makes my skin crawl, quite frankly. So just a little side note. <laughs> okay. 
So the third tool in your toolbox for troubleshooting intuition for, you know, really that third one where interference can come in. I don't want to tell a long story. I've told it before, but the third one is to learn to douse. So I had a really bad attitude about dousing and I knew friends that did it. I had colleagues that did it, but I never really reached out for help. And um, some people use a pendulum. Some people use this thing called the bobber. And again, I just had a bad attitude. Like I was like, what in the hell does moving this little pendulum have anything to do with energy? So I was really humbled in 2013. I had my ass severely kicked spiritually. And again, if your intuition and your life is pretty mundane and you are not dealing with big, powerful spiritual forces, this part of the conversation, you don't really need to listen to like your intuition, your boundaries are probably firm. You don't have a lot of powerful, dangerous influences. So you don't have to participate in this next chapter, <laughs> this, this next part of this, um, podcast is going to be tough talk. So, um, I teach students to douse before I work with them and their intuition. Why? Because even the most loveliest of women with the most loveliest of families, um, a good friend of mine lived in New York city, experiencing some anxiety came to me for a session because she was like, I don't even know if I can function. I just don't even know what's going on. And she walked into my office with two ghosts attached to her. So again, like, it is just ridiculously normal that this can happen to people. Even the best of people, even the people with lovely lives, with lovely families, you know, lovely marriages, they can still pick up things from their environment, from their locations, from uh, hotel rooms, from driving on the road. I mean, we just have to be mature around this and know that these things just happen. And the, uh, I have a hundred percent success rate with dousing. I am not shitting you. And when I had to reach out for a dowser, again, I told you, I, I started with a bad attitude and this guy, I believe saved my life. And it was one of the most scary chapters in my awakening, <laughs> my reality check <laughs> journey. Um, I had to hear things like demonics. I had to hear things like, um, past life, influences. I had to hear things like aliens and equipment and, you know, stuff I did not want to hear. I did not have the belief system around it. And, um, just because the guy was an expert and I stuck with it and I took copious notes and I worked with him for over a decade. Um, well, we're not quite there yet, are we? It's only 20, um, 21. But since 2013, I had at least monthly sessions with him, sometimes even more, depending on what was going on. And I learned to douse. And other resources, uh, resources for you would be Raymond Grace. Um, RaymondGrace.org, I think, is his website. And Raymond is a lovely Virginia dowser, very, very grounded and um, a salt of the earth kind of a fella. But when I realized I needed to douse. I needed to learn to douse. I needed to be doused. Um, he has, oh, well, he had these DVDs that you could just play and he would do the dousing for you, which I thought was fantastic, right? Because <laughs> any of you guys that douse know it can take some time. So I think now he's gone digital. Um, 
I'm just, it's kind of like coming to me that I think his, he's doing something different with that. But, um, there's like one that, you know, and he does different dousing videos. So again, he's doing the dousing, but the energy changes in your house. Cause that's where you're playing the video or the DVD, or maybe now, um, some sort of, you know, uh, whatever, you know, like on your phone or on your computer. I don't know what he's doing right now. So, and the other one that everybody else referred to was uh, a dowser named Walt Wood. And he had this, I, I don't even know, you could probably get it on like Amazon for like $2. Um, I, I'm so sorry, I should have grabbed the book before I jumped on the podcast. But he has a little pamphlet of how to douse. Um, and dousing can be a whole thing. So I just want to say it can be a rabbit hole. But I teach everybody that I work with how to douse and I have a sequence and I context it as just your spiritual shower. Um, and some days you need more of a shower because you've been playing in the garden um, or my people even farming. Um, and some days, you know, you didn't do very much. So you don't need a deep clean and you know, whatever, lots of soap. Okay, so that's how I consider dousing is a, a spiritual cleanse. Um, it is a, a conscious way to deal with past lives, to deal with karma, to release and remove. If I go to the grocery store, I can come back with, uh, you know, ghosts attached or what have you. I'm to the point now where I can use my mind to douse in, but in the old days, I'd get out my little pendulum and I'd get my paper out and I would have to ask certain questions um, to remove it. I'm going to tell one quick story. I'll make it as quick as I can. So I, I want to tell the original story, but I've told it in an earlier podcast. Um, I, I'll, I'll say that for another one, but let's just say, so it's 2013. Now it's, let's just say it's 2014 and I know about dousing and I know about the things that are out in the environments and I know what to watch for. So I take my, my kids at the time were really little and I, we just go to Michael's, you know, like Michael's crafts or something. And the gentleman at the checkout, um, I just, I told the kids, don't look him in the eye. And my kids were already sort of on it. They kind of knew there was something off about the guy, this poor young guy. Oh my gosh, poor young man. And sure enough, it's like the voice that was coming out of him was very different. Like um, there was a spiritual thing going on, let me put it that way. And it was, it knew that we saw it and it was just a whole thing. So I had to actually go out to the car and I, I actually sat in the parking lot for a half hour and just doused the energy. Again, no judgment towards the kid. He probably just dabbled in something that was way past his uh, pay grade and got an attachment from that. So we don't go around just judging people, but um, trying to teach my kids compassion, but also the seriousness, you know, though they, my daughter said like, she just felt like something putting her head down so she wouldn't look him in the eye. Um, so to hear their little feedbacks and their own experiences of that was humbling. And I'm, I've just constantly become so grateful for dousing. Even my son, um, there are a few kids that if he walks home with them, he can walk in the door almost a different person. You know, it's like whatever energy is on those kids, he picks up because he's a sensitive. And I just, I've said to my girlfriends the other day, I'm like, I, I feel like I would have lost my son a couple of times over, you know, just his, just his personality, even, you know, just his effervescentness, just his, his 
sense of humor and all the things I adore about him. Um, he's that sensitive. We're just a couple trip, a couple steps down the block with somebody who's got some energy. <laughs> he comes in the house, a different person. Again, what that's a cue to me to, okay, I need to make sure that I douse today. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful for it. And the feedback I've gotten from my students that I now require to learn it. It's just so transformative. It is so, oh my God, it's, it's just amazing. So I'm actually developing a mini dousing course to, so that you can too, from the comfort of your home, learn what the spiritual shower is, learn the questions to ask, learn what to do and how to remove it safely and, and get some support around that because it is just incredible. Even if you're rolling your eyes now, which I totally did too. It's just incredible. Okay. <laughs> I have to stop myself because I'll keep talking about it. So let's just get to the bonus and we'll wrap up today's podcast. So the bonus of troubleshooting intuition, and I'm going to make something very complex, as simple as I can. The bonus is to just not tolerate cruel people. Okay. If you're tolerating it, I know if you're listening to this podcast, I know there's a tender heart there and you don't deserve to be treated like crap from people. I know, I'm so sorry. I thought I had my, I do have my ringer off and everything. Anyway, sorry about that. So to not tolerate cruel people, uh, you know, if you're a sensitive, then you're too sensitive for cruelty. So I know some of you are like, oh my God, how would I get rid of most of my family? <laughs> you know? I just want to, let's just put that in our pockets, right? Like I had to learn not to tolerate cruelty and people that love to just, you know, just to try to provoke you, um, into anger or sadness or the, you know, I have a big majority of my family that they just like to say shit just to provoke. So, um, learning lots of boundaries around that, um, because I'm, I don't have the personality to just constantly dismiss stuff like that. My husband's more wired like that. And so his tolerance is different than mine. But if you're a sensitive and that stuff bothers you, you'll want to put boundaries, start putting boundaries around that. And my final point of this podcast is, this is a big one. Are you ready? Just don't mess with dark shit. <laughs> Your life would be so beautiful, you know, and I, I know the thing about intelligent intuitives is your boredom threshold is very low. <laughs> you know, you get bored very easily. You're, you understand things easily. So I have had students that like, they're looking at the dark stuff to understand it. And there's nothing wrong with understanding it. It's just that there's often a price to pay for going down that road. So I would never say, you know, stop being curious. I would never say, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that. But, you know, Ouija boards, no. Dark stuff, no. You know, murderous, violent shit for fun, no. Again, you're just, who would you, what would you do if you were sensitive? That's just like, something to contemplate. Who would you be if you were actually who you are, but who would you be if you were too sensitive for stuff like that? Not because you're too weak. There's a difference. There's just a freaking difference there. 
uh, some of the most incredibly powerful people I know um, have the biggest, kindest, sweetest hearts. And so because of that paradox, there is more need for boundary there because of the big heart, the tender heart. Okay. Uh, so that's my final bonus. <laughs> One, don't tolerate cruel people because I just eats and eats and eats at your aura, your emotions, your mind, and then just don't mess with dark shit, you know, find some boundaries around that. Um, I've been able to encourage some students to um, learn to drop the addiction of that. Uh, the sort of like, I need to know about the dark stuff because I'm afraid of it. Um, and again, the problem is it can bring dark stuff in just because you're tuning into that frequency. Um, and then there are some people that I am so thankful, like Amy Allen's, uh, that does the dead files that she's willing to put herself in those situations is one of the most loving and beautiful things a human can do for another human. So I'm, you know, if you're destined to do that work, I would in no way say don't because that work is, oh, incredibly valuable and helpful and an act of love for sure. And I have to deal with dark stuff. You know, people don't come to me because, uh, everything is candy cane and rainbows. Like people are often in a situation, which is why they seek out a psychic medium to begin with. So, um, again, like that is just a part of life. Oh, there's maturity around that, but then learning, I had to learn to not make it even darker than I had to. <laughs> so I hope this podcast has given you some things to think about. I hope that it's normalized, um, some things that you've probably been feeling or going through on your own even. And to have these solutions, you know, meditate, purify yourself. Number two, purify your space. Number three, learn to douse. Um, these again were transformative things for my entire life. These are things I teach my fellow students, my fellow intuitives, um, to just take that, that, um, refinement, that joy, that protection of effervescentness and clarity just to the whole new level. Okay. So, um, that's today's podcast. Um, you know, if you, if you had questions for me around it, I just wanted to say, you can go to my website at katesaintclair.com and there's like a, I think there's a, well, we're putting on an ask Kate icon over the next couple of weeks, but in the meantime, you can go to contact Kate. And if you had real questions around today's podcast, go ahead and shoot me a little note. Um, we're doing some things on the website to make sure that I can be even more interactive because I know I get questions from you guys and sometimes it's hard for you guys to ask questions the way we have it right now. So, all right, I'll see you next time in number, uh, number eight of the, you are intuitive series. Take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, Go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.